podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Good evening and welcome to the Friday Forecast with the LFC Day Trippers. I am Gav and with me this week I have Chris Brack looking all splendid with his new um, microphone and all that stuff. Um, Joe from All Leeds TV uh, disappeared for a couple of weeks when Leeds were getting battered but they won during the week so he's back. Um, <laughs> I'm only messing. I was going to tell everybody that look, listen Gav, I'm not going on. We're getting hammered here. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But no, that's not the truth. It's not the truth at all. They were playing last Friday night in fairness. And we have got Harvey with us. Harvey, of course, red and blue site on YouTube and works for 90 minutes as well alongside Grizz, I think, at times. Um, so, Everyone knows how this show works. Uh, we, we chat about the Premier League weekend. Uh, we pick about five or six fixtures to look at in some sort of detail. The other four, we get some quick predictions. And I promise this week that we will remember to name three scorers from the weekend. Of course, this show is brought to you by Colossus Bets. Colossus Bets is a syndicate bet betting company very easy to sign up takes five or six minutes to do all the usual bookmakers sign up um stuff that has to be done like driver's license or whatever and you go in there you check us out lsc day trippers you look at our syndicate and you, tr- you join in if you want you can bet as anything from 10p up to whatever you like this week's syndicate is live and in the show description you will see the link to colossus bets and also the link to the syndicate um we're going to get straight into it lads we are and i'm going to start this week with West Brom v Villa. Usually I wouldn't be bothered with West Brom or Villa, but uh, Sam Allardyce has somehow managed to weasel his way back into football. Um, too many, too many um, points of gravy, and he's had enough that he wants to get back to full match fitness. So here we go. Joe, I'm going to start with you. Um, they sack Billich after their best result of the season, and Villa are being a bit up and down. They have some stunning results in them, and then they have some it's just very poor I think they draw a nil all up only the other night. what do you make of this Joe because I know where they are in the table but surely that just signs a life in them and the team is playing for them if they go away to City and get a one-all draw yeah yeah for me I think it's crazy to be honest I think it's it's a sorry state of affairs that the the decision was already made prior to the game um, mm-hmm. because obviously um you know, I think Bilic even said, I want to be the one who goes and breaks it to the squad, which again leads me to believe that they're a tight-knit group. You know, it wasn't yeah. out-of-the-back-door kind of job. He's actually mm-hmm. wanted to go and 
say bye to them, as it were. Um, I think, obviously, if Sam's coming in, they've probably made assurances money-wise. Why not give Absolutely. Billy that money? He hasn't shown that he doesn't know what he's doing, I don't think. He's got them up out of the championship. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad because I really like Billich. I, I do like him. I think it was in the Euros when he was doing all the commentary and stuff. Yeah, and you he was great. How, yeah, how much he knew about the game, man. And it was yeah. one of them where I just sat up and thought, I could listen to this man talk football all day. Um, and like you say, good performance against City. They weren't cut adrift. Um, yeah, and, and and for that, I want them to now go down. I don't I don't think you're alone in that because yeah. like like the, the money point you make is very interesting. Like Slavin Village knows this squad. He's mm. more or less built this squad. He gets them up from the championship. Look, you look at how good Sheffield United were last year and look at them now. Okay. Mm. So West Brom are doing okay. They're not they're not cut adrift. They're not cut mm. adrift. They're not they're not twenty five games in and staring down the barrel here. Now, don't get me wrong, there's four teams down there that look very, very vulnerable. But like you said, you're bringing Allardyce in because you just feel he can keep you in the division. But he's going to spend a book a lot of money. And what happens if it doesn't work? Mm. You know the way? I, th- I think you have as much chance with Billich knowing the squad and being together than a Sam Allardyce coming in. And he's going to be, you know the way he's going to be with most players. He's going to yeah. be, with most players, he's going to be, he's not really going to give a shit because come June, he'll walk away with a, with a payday. That's how it works in, in mm. the world of Sam Allardyce. So I just, I just don't understand. I'd understand, say, the other side of Christmas. When you're when you're seventeen, eighteen games in, you go, well, halfway through, this isn't looking good. Let's make a change. Let's get let's get to January and, and see. But I, I just don't know, Harvey. You know, you look at this and and, and they are in trouble, and um, they come up in, as a as a derby, I suppose, this weekend um, yeah. against Villa. And oh, I don't know if they look for a new manager bounce, Harvey. Could, could he left the village there for one more and see if he could do it in one of the biggest games of the season? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's it just, there's so many questions with with this whole uh, situation. I mean, as you guys have mentioned already, you know, like getting rid of Bilic, as, and it looked like they were planning to get rid of Bilic and, uh, before the City game anyway, makes you wonder why the players, the players put in a shift for him, obviously in that game, to get a fantastic draw away to Man City. And off the back of that, what do the players think? You know, they those clearly fight there for Bilic. And... Um, and the, and the boards have obviously gotten rid of him straight after that. It's just really poor timing. I mean, obviously, Allardyce is the man you bring in to keep a team up. That's been proven. And speaking from experience, uh, it, it works. Um, Allardyce's style of play in terms of getting points on the board. But as you guys mentioned, again, just doing it now at this point in the season makes no sense to me. Um, he, he can spend, when he has the money to spend, he can get good signings in. And again, why not, why not give that money to Bilic? It just seemed like a really really strange thing to do and really poor timing. And I, I, I'm not too sure, especially going into a derby as, as well against Villa, it's definitely going to be a big game for both teams. I, I, I just struggled to see what the, what the thinking, what the thought process was behind it, to be honest. I mean, well, I, I, I just struggled to see how they, how they would, uh, how would they would see that going in, in a positive way for like the players and the fans, you know? But it's not, it's not a forward planning thing though, because like right. Allardyce, is, Allardyce will stick around for six months. 18 months max, okay? And players coming in in January, you know there's a premium on them. They're going to look for, the clubs that you're buying off are going to look for big money. And you're going to need to spend big enough money if you want to get out of this mess. Well, a mess, I say a mess, they're, they're, they're still competitive when you look at the league table. 
they're going to want big money. They're going to want big contracts. And then when all of those disappears after eighteen months, you're starting a whole new rebuild. You're going, you're going back to the year dot because all of this isn't going to build you a long term thing. He's going to keep you in the Premier League but he's not going to build you anything so when you bring your next manager in if he doesn't work what do you do ring Allardyce again and say come yeah, back I mean, and do it again and it's, it's kind of a sign of where West Brom are at you know they're, they're seen as a yo-yo club for a reason you know there's lack of consistency there there's always seems to be you know managers coming and going regularly and players coming and going and you know as you mentioned yeah, Allardyce he will be gone in about six to you know six to eighteen months you'd expect if, and if they stay up one season Will they start the next season? You know, it, it's there's no real long-term planning there. I think is the main thing. And yes, they may start this season with him. I, I think the odds on that are probably a lot stronger now for them to stay up. But it, what what after that? You know, what is the the the, the planning process going forward? It, it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. If like um, Kevin Sullivan says, they're twenty five million spent in the summer on a squad that were only decent in the championship was never enough. The board are completely out of touch. Um, I don't know, like, I just, if you want to get rid of Billage, get someone that has a bit of vision that's going to stick with you. But then again, the bar is going to stick with them anyway, you don't you don't really know. Chris, I want to talk to you about Villa, because they've had some brilliant results this season, namely against Liverpool and, and away at Arsenal as well. But, you know, they're a bit hit and miss, aren't they? They don't seem to have a consistency there. Will they be, would they have much preferred to go into this game with Billage in charge, or did you think, oh, here we go, Sam in the door, we're going to be absolutely battered around the place and they won't be looking forward to this one? Um, I don't think they'll be too fussed over it, to be honest, because um, I don't know how much work he can do in, what, two days? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, I'll be more concerned for our game, because I think in our game, he'll probably have them drilled to set piece hell. So that's what they'll do. Uh, I mean, going back to Sam Allardyce, I think West Brom got him in now before he went to Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> I think I, th- I think that's what it is. I think I think they thought shit. Oh, I'm going to get him soon. We best we best get him in. Uh, it's, I I, th- I was kind of hoping it was the end of this um, dinosaur merry-go-round. Um, I mean, I'm not quite sure who they'd have gone for instead of Billich. I mean, as interesting as Billich is, and he is an interesting character, I do like him as a pundit. Management-wise, I've never been massively impressed with him. His teams play. Okay, but and I don't mean to sound disrespectful. He is a championship level manager, as in he does brilliant in the championship, and he does. But we've seen these managers before who are really good in the championship, and for some reason they could just never quite translate in the Premier League. No idea why. Some some managers, it just that's just the way it falls for him. So, I mean, I was surprised they got rid of him because uh, when you look at where they are, with well, some like seven points, one less than like three points off the top. I mean, Fulham aren't exactly pulling up any trees apart from against us. And Burnley are still not at the level they want to be. And Arsenal yeah. haven't won a game in about seven months. So there's always that ch- there's always that chance you can catch them up. So I thought he would go at some point this season. I didn't think it'd be this soon, though. Yeah. Red Steve said a seven-figure bonus if he keeps them up. So he's heard. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, like, believe me, when you look at Villa, you know, Villa were going through a tough time last season. Um, they only stay up on the last day, I think. Away at West yeah. Ham, if I remember rightly, and they stick with the manager, don't they? They stick with the manager. He's still yeah. there, and yeah. they gave him more money, and he's he's doing okay. They are improving. The consistency is not there, but look, they're only just, it's the second year up from the championship. I know it's Aston Villa, but it's still the second year up from the championship. So I don't know. Maybe that's something for West Brom to look at. But they seem to have just shit themselves early, to be honest, and, and they've decided to make. The, go on. 
I'd say, I think with Villa though, didn't they lost two? They did, they did lose two key players for the last six months, and then Heaton and Wesley both both do the ACL within like a week in the transfer window closing. So yeah. I think that's so they weren't great before that, but they when you, I think the two key players in a bottom half side going out, they don't really have that level of backup. So I think that's what's. I mean, the, the best thing they did was signing uh, Watkins. Which yeah, you know, right pr- which proves again, you know, that's why you stick with the manager you've got because he spotted him and got him. And you know, as we, of course, you gather human experience. You know, he could score. He could score quite a lot, as we found out, unfortunately. Yeah, we did, and I, I've actually expected a bit more of Ollie Watkins since, but he's he's been he's been a bit hit and miss, but. I don't know. I, this is a tough one to call at the weekend now with the whole Sam Allardyce thing thrown in. Joe, I'll let you go first on the prediction. Villa have been great away from home. Uh, mm. Like Chris said, I think it's too short notice for him to get a tune out of them yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. Right. Chris, I'll come to you next. You can you can go next. I'm going to go over scrappy 1-1. Okay. Harvey, what are you having on this? I agree. I think there's not enough time for Allardyce to implement any sort of tactical um, tactical coaching on, on the side. But, you know, if they defend like they did against City, there's a chance they ground, some, ground, ground a result out of the, this game. But I, I can just see Villa, you know, they've got a lot of quality players up top. So I think they would just, just get ahead 1-0. 1-0. Okay. I can tell you that I am air syndicate choice this week for this game um, we've gone for 2-1 Villa as well um, just to edge it just to edge it so uh, Craig Lowe has 1-0 to Villa um, I th- th- most people there th- I think they think it's going to be tight and um, like I think it will be that way as well I, I genuinely do a um, couple of quick predictions lads Harvey I'll come to you first Newcastle v Fulham Newcastle Fulham I mean what 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 result uh, Leeds had against Newcastle midweek? I mean, uh, it's very. I think it's been a uh, the story of the, every team this season is just lack of consistency. Uh, you, from each game uh, to the next, you don't know really how the team is going to play or set up. Or you know, there doesn't seem to be apart from the teams uh, in like the top four, Spurs and Liverpool probably being the best examples at the moment. There's no real team. Uh, you know. No pattern of results uh, that you'd expect, um, and, and Newcastle is a great example of that. They get good results and then <laughs> get battered by Leeds, which it, it can happen to any team. The way Leeds play, if it all clicks, but you, you know you don't really expect Bruce the way he sets the team up. Really defensive, you know, very similar to Sam Allardyce. You know, trying to grind out results, keep clean sheets. You don't really expect it, and Fulham they're starting to hit form. Uh, now, after a really slow start to the season, they're starting to actually put in some good performances. You know, all these new signings seem to be starting to click now. Loftus Cheek, I think, is uh, starting to perform well. And, and you know, from my experience of him at Palace, I think he's a really great player on his day, um, one for the future for sure. And if they get players, obviously, Lookman's being the star player for them as well. I think when they get these players firing, they they cause a lot of problems. And with Newcastle, you know, a bit of lack of pace at the back. Um, you know, on their day going forward as well. They're quite one-dimensional, you know, Wilson up top, um, not too much pace on the wings, uh, apart from Sam Maximan, if he's fit, that is. You know, I think, again, it's one of those games where I could definitely see Fulham going and getting a result the way they're playing at the moment. Um, but it's an, it's, it's going to be a tight one again. It's one of these games where both teams don't want to lose it um, and a draw wouldn't be the end of the result, uh, end of the day for, for either side. So what what are we going, what, 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 what prediction are you having on it? <laughs> Uh, I'll go uh, it's going to be boring again but I'm going to go 1-0 1-0 Fulham 
One nil Fulham. Okay. Akash Akash Sharma has two one Fulham. Uh, Captain Sal has one one. There's a there's a there's a guy there. Jack Flash seems to be having a conversation with Peter Smith. Uh, Peter Smith's not on tonight. But if you look up at Peter Smith sings on Twitter, you will get him there, and um, you can have that conversation with him. Um, Chris Newcastle v Fulham. What are you having? Two nil Newcastle. Uh, Wilson double. Oh well, he's gone big. He's gone mm-hmm. big. Joe, Joe, are you going as big as that? No, I'm, I'm with Captain Sal there. I'm, I'm going one all. One all. Okay, I can't tell you in air predictions this week. We've gone for two one to Newcastle, a one all draw, or a two one win to Fulham. So again, nice and tight. But we think, oh, I think someone edges it. I really do. I think um, Newcastle be smarting a little bit from that Leeds result during the week. But we'll have to wait and see. Another quick, uh, another quick one for you, Joe. I'll stay with you. Brighton v Sheffield United. Blades, 1-0. First win of the season. It's happening. You're serious? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Brighton v Sheffield United. 2-1 Brighton. 2-1 and Brighton. The, and Sheffield's goal will be an own goal. Okay, Jesus. He's still bleeding. Uh, he's gone two, Meg. He's gone two the other night. Uh, yeah. Does it, does it yeah. count against Man United? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Harvey, Brighton v Sheffield United. I agree. I think Sheffield United's first win, 2-1. Two one, God, we're going with him. I'll um, th- that's not part of our syndicate this week, but I will go. I'm going to go for a two-two draw. I'm going to go for a two-two draw. Um, next game up, next big one is Spurs v Leicester. Liverpool had a big win against Spurs uh, during the week. Jose is having a complete meltdown, which was um, we should have got extra points on the league table for that, in my opinion, but we didn't. Um, despite us asking for them, and you know Leicester still up there. No, they're about to still up there, but you know win one put Brighton away handy and then get beaten at home with Everton who are still on form as well and we'll discuss them later but um, Chris I'll come to you first I think I think this is a, not a must win for both of them but I think if either of them lose this you're kind of going mm, two in a row you know two kind of biggish games in a row and the doubts start to creep in I'll, I'll let you talk about Leicester Chris what way did he approach this because you're seeing Spurs approach it and I don't think they'd be that defensive against Leicester but would that suit Leicester? Just come out and be defensive and let Vardy run amok when he feels like it? Yeah, I think they will be defensive. Um, he keeps switching between a three and a four. And obviously, we've experienced this with Brendan. He he, he overthinks it. I mean, the big thing for them is I think they've got uh, Johnny Evans back, which is mm-hmm. probably what they need. But I mean, they're still doing mad things like playing Wilfred Ndidi at centre-back when he's finally fit. Your best, your best defensive midfielder, you've got another four centre-backs to pick from and you put him centre-back against Everton. I don't... You know, I don't get it. Um, I mean, I had a quick uh, Leicester Wise form guide is them to a T at the moment, won three, lost three. Mm. They're so unpredictable. Imp- um, uh, they're probably better suited away from home. Uh, I think probably a bit like um, Tottenham because the way because the way they like to play. But I, I've got a feeling Leicester are going to be having a, more of the ball against Spurs, probably like we did, not to the same level. Uh, and I think Spurs are going to pick them off. It just seems to be a, going through a bit of a naive spell again, Rogers, and he just infuriates me. Just when you think he's getting a run or getting it clicked, he just he just throws into it ridiculously stupid or self inflicts it and makes life difficult for himself. So I've got a feeling Spurs are going to edge it, probably two one. 
Okay. Uh, Rajiv says, Gav, he's pulling me up here, Rajiv, and you know, messing from him on a Friday night. He says, West Brom's biggest game of the season is the Black Country Derby versus Wolves. Of course it is. Did I not say one of the biggest games? I probably did say that biggest one. I, I apologize, Rajiv, for nearly ruining your weekend, pal. Um, <laughs> I know, it's already, right. I know Rajiv, he's sound. Um, <sighs> Harvey, this one, I can just see, I can kind of see both teams just kind of sitting back and going, yeah, it'd be a bit of a nothing game and just see who takes the, the chances that come because Jose loves playing just the way he plays. He's just the way he is. You know, we know it. Um, Rogers has gone away to the likes of City and, and got, and, and Leeds and Arsenal and got good results by, by not having the majority of the ball, but being clinical when they, when they do get it. Could it just be a standoff here for a, a large portion of this game and then it could just come down to one moment? Yeah, definitely. I think this is a, a classic case of two sides that could easily cancel each other out, to be honest, in the, in the way they set up and approach the game. We know how good Mourinho's side is in terms of counter-attacking. Counter I think uh, Bar Liverpool, probably the best counter-attacking counter side in the league, the way they go forward, maybe Man United as well. Um, and then the same with uh, Leicester. I think the, what, the fact they have Vardy, obviously their star man in the side, they naturally set up to you know, accommodate his talents, his skills, which is running in behind players or playing long balls over the top for him to uh, run onto. So it, it could be a classic case of two teams that don't really want to have the ball, uh, want the other team to have the ball and try and, yeah. you know, force an error, force a, a mistake and try and capitalise. Um, and it could come down, as you said, to, to one moment uh, for, for a team to take. And when you weigh up the two sides, you feel in terms of quality that Spurs would probably edge it in terms of the more, you know the quality players they have going forward to, to take a chance and, and to seal the win is it is it Joe is it a case of whoever handles it, it, whoever wins the battle of handling Son or Vardy comes out on top people say treat yourself like you need a reason but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day like bold McCafe iced coffee get any size for $1.69 or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar the largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold feeling a little extra something something try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter with so many ways to treat yourself you don't need an excuse just come back tomorrow ba-da-ba-ba-ba Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Up here. Um, I, I, I'm a bit, um, right, uh, Harvey, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I think Mourinho just let Leicester have the ball. I think that's what they do. Let them let them have the ball. And, you know, I think, I don't know the name, but he said Leicester play on the break better than any team in the league. I, I don't uh, agree Stephon, with that. Stephon yeah, said that. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I think Tottenham or, or, or Man United, to be fair, but I think Tottenham are, Unbelievable at the minute, and look, I, 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 we, we were speaking to a Leicester fan on our channel earlier on, and um, he's not confident at all, um, and and just thinks um, Spurs will win the game, and that's coming from their own camp, um, and I'd have to go along with that. I'm, I'm thinking um, Kane and Son double. I don't think you can really stop Son at the minute, anyway. To be fair, try as you might, I just think he's, he's unbelievable, man. Yeah, he is. He's, he's. He's yeah. outstanding. He really is. He's he's probably my favourite player outside of Liverpool in the league. Mm. Um, just the way he plays. He, he, I don't know. It's just something about him. And obviously, Gav, it's the fucking assistant goals. But it's not. It's it's <laughs> it's it's everything about him. The way he plays, his movement. He seems to be everywhere. You know, he's over one side of the pitch one minute, he's over the other at the next, he's through the middle, he's dropping deep. He's just, like, don't get me wrong, Kane should get massive credit for the season he's having so far, but I think Son is, I think Son is the best player. I, I genuinely do. I, and listen, 
the stats mightn't back that up. I just think probably the most important player, maybe that's the better word. I think he he makes a tick more than Kane does, but Kane gets massive benefits off it, and Kane is is fantastic as well. Um, but he doesn't get eno- enough praise on the European world stage for me, son. And I don't know if it's mm-hmm. because he's from. It- it, no, is it is a is it probably is it is it probably because you know they have that run to the Champions League final a, a couple of years ago, but in Europe they kind of go under the radar a bit, sports. Mm. Could it be that? Mm. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I'd I'd love him at Liverpool. Yeah, he's, I was going to say oh, I thought he'd slot straight into. He, he's, he's he's a player that you look at and you go, he just slot in perfectly. He's wherever you know anywhere. I mean, where where would would be a nice problem to have? But yeah, every time I see him, I think oh, he'd be brilliant outside. And there aren't probably many players you could say, oh, he'd be great in our front three, but he he certainly would. Whatever we played, he'd be brilliant. Um, yeah, I would. He's probably the one Spurs player I was more concerned about when we beat them beat them uh, a couple of days ago. Because every time a Son gets the ball, you always feel like there's something going to happen here. It's not even when Son gets the ball. I just think it's when it when Kane gets it or when. Bergwijn gets it, or someone in midfield gets it. You're just looking, going, where the fuck is Son? Because <laughs> don't worry about the fella on the ball. Even even if a fella has a shot on goal from 18 mm. yards, I wonder where's fucking Son? Because he got a touch on it. You know, he is. He's just brilliant. He's just a brilliant player. Yeah, yeah. And there's no there's no argu- there's no argument to bear from me anyway. I just I just love watching him play. I don't like really like watching sports play, but Son, you'd watch all day. He's just mm. he's a breath of fresh air. He really is. Um, come on then, predictions, Chris. Go on, I'll let you go first. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs, I think. Just. 2-1 Spurs. Harvey? 2-0 uh, Spurs. Okay. And Joe? 2-0 as well, yeah. Okay. Our, our syndicate this week has, has um, kind of gone a bit safe with this one. And you're allowed to go safe, of course, on Colossus Bet. You don't have to just pick one result on each game. You can pick three or four and all the lines add up and stuff like that. So we've gone with three on this one. Um, we've gone with 2-1 to either team and we've gone with a one-all draw. Again, we think this one is going to be going to be tight. Stephen Max has 3-1 to Leicester. Kevin Sullivan has 1-1. Um, so, yeah, look, it's... Um, I think it's going to be another tight one. I think it's fair to say it's going to be another tight one. Joe, quick predictions. Here we go. Burnley v Wolves. Uh, Wolves 2-1. Oh, okay. And Harvey? Uh, 3-1 Wolves. 3-1 Wolves. Okay, the all-fancy Wolves. Even though Burnley went away. Um, well, I was going to say even though they beat Arsenal. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a point against them, that was a bad result, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Burnley got a did he get a point away at Villa the other night, didn't he? Um Chris Burnley v Burnley v Wolves. Yeah, I've got two one as well. Two one? Okay, good. Um I think it's a one all draw. I think it's a one all draw. Kieran B has two nil. Captain Captain Sal has two nil. Um yeah, there's there's uh, there's, there's plenty there. Three two says Mohammed Amin Baloumi. I hope I've done your name justice there. Um but then he, hold on, he's changed that to five two. Oh, what's going on? You can't be doing this. This is like Grizz with all the bleeding predictions. You can't do that. Because um, Grizz, Grizz gives you about 11 predictions before the game and then just points at the one that, that comes in. It's great. We have great crack every week. Um, I think it's tight. I think it is. Uh, Joe, back to you. Quick one. Chelsea v West Ham. Chelsea can't beat teams in top half, can they? So I'm going 2-0 West Ham. Uh, away at the bridge? 
Yeah, just because they, they, they can't make teams in top half. So 2 0 West Ham. Okay, I'd, I'd actually, um, I wouldn't mind saying that, being honest with you. <laughs> Harvey, I'll let you go next. Derby game, I think 2 2. 2 2, nice high score and draw. I like it. And Chris, what are you having on this one? I had 2 2 as well because they haven't beaten us out above 13th. Mm. Right. Okay. Carl Blake is not having a bar of you. He says uh three one to Chelsea. Um sorry, it's gone. Uh, Dave's LFC chat says Chelsea will win. Sorry, Carl Blake, there you are there, three one. Um somebody took two two, said Eddie Eddie Video Star. Um we had another one there as well. Uh Nagib says um one two West Ham win. So there you go. There's plenty coming in about a draw. So it is all kind of toy. Um it is kind of tight, so yeah, I've, I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. Um, let me see where we go next. We've done sports. Let's go to Southampton v City. Of course, uh, Joe, I'll come to you for Southampton. Um, doing really, really well. Um, what I have noticed though is that if they're not clearing a game after seventy minutes, it gets a bit messy. Like they just run out of legs, you know, against Man against Man United in particular. But they're doing really, really well, and I think that the sort of team that if they come up against City and they get ahead of City, they could go on and beat them. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree, mate. To be fair, I've been really impressed with them. They sort of go under the radar for me. Like I don't really pay much attention attention to them. You know what I mean? But then you, they're just picking up results. I think they they probably should have gone on and 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 beat Arsenal. To be fair, um, but what's that? Sorry, it's a bad point, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but um. Nah, they they're scoring goals. They're playing well. I think yeah, they, they're a good side. And look. I think the issues glaring with City is they just don't got a goal score. Obviously, the issues with Aguero and stuff, and Jesus isn't really up to it. I think for City to mount any sort of serious challenge, they need a they need a new man up top. I think I don't think they'll get it done in January, but I'd be looking at someone like Haaland in the summer or something like that. I think I, I fancy Southampton to do City. To be fair, this weekend. Well, Harvey, do you go along with that? Do you fancy Southampton to do City at the weekend? Well, the way they're playing this season, I wouldn't put it past them to to cause an upset. They've done it already, of course. Um, and it's just for me, it's impressive the the front four, or in, in particular, uh, Che Adams, Danny Ings up front, and then obviously Walcott, who it looks looking like a fantastic loan loan spell for him um, going back to his old club. And I just think the pace they have going forward again, it's a side that loves to counter attack, and obviously Hassan Hootel, the way he presses uh, teams high up the pitch, puts them under pressure, the energy. And I think Ward Prowse as well, obviously we know how good he is from set pieces. Um, but he obviously, as a captain, he leads the team in terms of that press as well. He's got a lot of energy in that midfield. And from, you know, outside the box, those goals against Villa, for example, you know, it's unbelievable. It's like a, taking a penalty for him, uh, getting a free kick on the edge of the box. So it just adds a whole new uh, you know, element to, to the game when you have a player that good from dead ball situations and from corners as well especially with players like Bednarek and, and Vestergaard, who are huge centre-backs coming forward as well. So they've got a lot of good players and a lot of good uh, areas in their side that they that can cause teams problems. And City are crying out with, uh, for a goal scorer. And, it, it, you know, they've scored as many goals as Palace this season, which is, you know, if there's no there's no bigger alarm bell, I'd say, for a team up the top <laughs> of the table. Um, so, yeah, I can see Southampton definitely getting something. OK. Chris, what were you seeing this one? Because... You know, um, Manda Roncon Dilma says Southampton couldn't finish their meal versus Arsenal. City are winning 3 1 for him. Um, or for her, sorry. I don't know too sure. Manda. Um, Chris, what way are you going with this? Um, I'm, I'm expecting them to be quite a high scoring 
probably another draw, but I like a high scoring draw. Um, I mean, Hassan Hootle just deserves all the credit in the world. I mean, to come back from a 9 0 hammering, which let's be fair, I think we did a show after it. We were amazed he lasted the night because mm. nobody does. And you look at how Hassan Hootle is what Arsenal fans thought Arteta would be. Yes. He is a proper manager. If you put Hassan Hootle into that Arsenal side, that Arsenal side, because it's got enough talent in it, would scare the living shit out of the league. He's done brilliant. And he's got he's got a tune out of players that you wouldn't expect. You know, Harvey's mentioned Walcott. Looks like a lad reborn. He looks like the lad that Arsenal bought. You know, yeah, Vestergaard to me, um, who I didn't think was great last year. This year, uh, as show me hints of how Sammy Hippie used to play. Probably not the same level, but, you know, and Danny Ings, you know, I, I'm just made up of lads doing well because I was I felt so sorry for him at Liverpool because he, he just never fell for him injury-wise. Uh, but the, the bad, lad I'm really impressed with is War Prowse. Every time I see him, he just gets better and better, leads well, his delivery, not just his set-piece, we, we know about that, but his, his passing range in centre midfield is is really, really good. Uh, I'm surprised if you, besides uh, what like for this, bigger clubs, haven't looked at him. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing he probably lacks is probably that little yard of pace maybe to glide past him, but the way he can manipulate and move a ball is brilliant. City, are, they've definitely tightened up. They look better defensively, but it, they've seemed to have swung too far away, whereas last year they couldn't defend at all. This year they could defend very well, apart from when you get a, a ball near Kyle Walker and he kicks, he kicks guys in the air for fun. Um, but they've lost they just lost that attacking spark. I mean, I, I heard yesterday a stat that Jesus has not hit a shot on target now for six games straight. And that's yeah. your main. Str- that's the guy who's replacing Aguero. You know, and look, Jesus is not a bad player. Mm. He's not Aguero's le- level. I mean, not many players are, in fairness. But if he's your, it, it's it's like a a different version of what we had last year, where we're going like Arigi's our backup to the front three, and you're going, he's you know, he's just not the level. I think Jesus again, he's just not quite right. Sterling. He's a brilliant player, but hasn't quite found his form. And Bernardo Silva has been missing now for about eighteen months. I don't, mm. he, I don't know the player that you know the year, the year they got a hundred points and the year they they beat us with ninety eight points. Bernardo Silva was fantastic. Yeah, don't know where that player's gone. He just looks a shadow player. I'll tell you where he's gone. I'll tell you where he's gone. He's gone. Barcelona. He's, yeah, because they tried to shift him to Barcelona as part of a mm. deal for Messi, and I'd say he's just pissed off. And I'm not. I'm not surprised. And no. and the talk is that Jesus was involved in that as well, along with the young centre back Garcia. There was talks of those three being shipped to Barcelona as part of a deal for Messi to try push it over the line because obviously Barcelona had Messi's contract very very tightly um, wrapped, um, even though Messi didn't think so. But I I think that's where it is. I think he's probably looked and went. I don't care. You know, I'll get a meal somewhere. And, you know, I, I genuinely do. Um, because, yeah, be right. honest, if you go back over the last two seasons, um, three seasons probably, uh, Bernardo Silva is up there in the top three Man City players, I would say. Easy. Yeah, yeah. And how he's not how he's not even performing or, or, or playing regularly, I don't know, um, is beyond me. But, Look, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Southampton. Um, somebody said there. I think it was Kevin Sullivan said that um, Hassan Hutel is being linked with Dortmund because obviously Dortmund got rid of the manager last week. But um, apparently he's been linked there. I really like Ward Prowse as well. I think you're right, Chris. I have made me fancy team, and every time Southampton get a free kick, I just keep checking the fancy football app, see if my <laughs> points went up. Um, but look, it, it, it's it's. It's very tight, judging by the by the comments as well. There's a lot of one alls, two twos, two ones, um, very tight results. No, there's no one getting a hammer on this weekend in the Premier League, but it looks like. Um, <laughs> Joe, I'll come to you first. Who are you going with? 
2-1 Southampton. Wow, Joe is on fire tonight. Harvey? I think they can cause problems, Southampton, but I've, I've backed City to get the job done here. I'll say 3-1 City. Okay, and Chris? Oh, I've got splinters again. I'm going to go 2-2 because I think Edison's going to drop one again because he's, okay. quietly, he's quietly off form, but no one's talking about it. Yeah, I think um, I, I fancy City. I do. I think I think they put so much pressure on sides when they have the ball, and Southampton just look a little bit leggy for me. Maybe it's maybe it's not a fitness thing. It's maybe it's just the drop off when they have to bring on subs. I'm not too sure. They just look that bit vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. They just look a bit vulnerable when they have to bring players on and they have to change it a bit. Uh, maybe it's they, they work so hard and so hard that if they don't get if they don't get absolutely clear in the game, it's they're in trouble. I'm going to go 2-1 City. I think City is just the edge. I think City go 2 nil up and just about survive. Uh, Kevin Sullivan has 4-2 to City. Olivier has 1-1. Captain Sal has gone 4 nil City. Shane Downs has 3-2 Saints. Um, but look, we, we'll have... Go on. Sorry, do we think... Because this is Samantha's now third game in a week. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much that... In fact, that's going to play to these sides at the moment who don't play in Europe. Well, I don't know because... Because we're used to it. Well, we are used to it, but and and the clubs in Europe, are, and this is why this whole five subs thing just bemuses me. When they when they're given an opportunity to go into a period where they're going to play three games a week, three games in a in a calendar week, I suppose, and they they just keep refusing to take the opportunity. And when they when they get around to February March and they're crying because three of my best players are out. Yeah, because you're random them into the ground. Because you can only make three subs and you're playing three times a week. They won't have an argument to come back. I, I just can't understand. I can't understand the logic, especially when they allow the last eight games or nine games or whatever it was the last season to be played with five subs. It's no different now. It's actually more of a schedule now. It's harder on players now and you're making it even more difficult by reverting back to three subs when everyone else is doing five. Everybody else is doing five. But yeah. listen, um, you can... you can. I don't you, agree with you, Gav. You walk away then, Joe. You go. Go. No, no, no. No, because all it does, right, genuinely, it's easy to say that from mm-hmm. from your, your guy's perspective, but all it does is just creates a bigger monopoly, a bigger gap between them teams that have the squad to be able to flesh them out and have all these extra players. Whereas Leeds United, for example, if I look at me and I don't know if I is the same, the, the, the level of player that we can bring on isn't nowhere near to if we're up against a Liverpool, a Manchester United, a City. And Yeah, I, I get that, Joe. But, but yeah. the point I'm trying to make is, is that stay at the three subs, right? Right. And, and and stay there and play all these games, right? There, I don't think there'd be much of a difference points-wise, okay, if from the three subs or the five subs to what you would get. I know where you're coming from. Oh, well, you can have more mm. quality on the bench and you can make five. My argument is if we all stay at three and we all keep playing these games, right, the biggest teams to suffer would be the smaller sides because they will, if they lose three force team players, Joe, and Liverpool lose three force team players, Liverpool can adapt a lot quicker than these. And they're in a much more perilous position than Liverpool. So it's going to hurt them a lot more in the run, long run. What? And you will get, Joe, and I, I'm telling you, and listen, when it happens, I mean, you're here on a Friday night in February, yeah, yeah. and people come in and, and, and say, when, when I get a guest on here from, I don't know, a Fulham or whoever, and they say, well, you know, we've had to play this fella fucking every week, and now he's injured, and we won't have him for the rest of the season, and we cook it down because of that. I'm just not going to say nothing. 
But what about did, what did you make to G Nev's argument on Monday Night Football uh, when him and Carragher had that? Because I was on his side of the thing, who was saying there wasn't no difference in terms of the amount of fixture pile up and stuff like that. It was just Klopp trying to get an advantage. Obviously, you're going to disagree with that, but I think he made some very valid points for me. Um, yeah, but Joe, I, I, I don't think that I, I don't think you can tell me that does not does 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 the same amount of congestion this season. Compared to last, this this season is this season is madness, Joe. Mm. Like no, every no, time, I, every time, every time I fucking turn around, Liverpool are playing. You know, like I, I I'm used to doing a show, a preview show about Liverpool on a Friday and maybe a Wednesday for the Champions League. I'm doing Champions League league games all over mm. the place, you know. And then you're going to throw the FA Cup in in January, you know. And the FA Cup isn't on a Saturday anymore, Joe. The FA Cup's nearly a week long event now in January because they've that amount of games they want to put on TV. So it goes from Thursday to probably Tuesday. And then you're turned around and you're told, oh, by the way, you're playing Friday night in the Premier League. And then you're probably playing Tuesday again in the Champions League. It, it does not make any sense to me how they cannot give themselves the opportunity. Not even, not even, forget the advantage. Forget the advantage. The thing I can't understand is, is that clubs are not willing to protect their players by giving them the opportunity to play a little bit less by having that option there. Forget the do advantage. You, do, do you see it from, uh, say, my perspective or where yes, yes. The, the media perspective though as well when, when Klopp isn't making any substitutions at all in that Tottenham game? Right or 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 when he when in the city game where they're making like one each or whatever it was, it's yeah. like well, they're what's finally- the answer to that? Well, they're fine. Finally- Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Points games, I think, aren't they? Because if you looked at our bench, Chamberlain came back two days ago after four months off. Yeah, Kate was missing at the week. Kate came back after what well, came back for the game and then got injured again because well, Kate Kate wasn't available on Sunday and comes mm. back onto the bench. Oxley Chamberlain hasn't been seen in six months and comes back onto the bench. So you know, it's it's it's, it's been for me, it's been. Klopp doesn't make changes there but you see this is the problem now Klopp comes out and tries to and he's genuinely coming out I think and saying listen you need to protect the players here we're running them into the ground and we're leaving ourselves with no options here and I think he's genuinely doing that now every time he doesn't make the absolute maximum amount of substitutions people are going oh well you didn't make all the subs well that that's ridiculous you know what I mean If, if, if it was if it was like congested period last year during Christmas and there was no COVID and he didn't make a substitute. Nobody would care. Nobody would care. I just can't understand how they changed from eight games last season to 38 this season in a much more condensed season and they've reverted back to three. And I get the advantage thing, Joe, I do because Liverpool have 25 men like Leeds have, but Liverpool probably have 20 top quality yeah. where Leeds might have 15. I get that argument. But, but, but the whole, it shouldn't be about it shouldn't be about footballing bias. It shouldn't be about a footballing advantage. It should be about the protection of your players. And that's where Klopp's coming from. It's not about what he can get advantage he can get on the pitch. What he's trying to tell people is, is that he's, he's running out of players, Joe. He's running out of players. And the reason he's running out of them is, is because they're being ran into the ground. And he, what he's trying to say is, if you give me that option to play five, 
yes, when the game is tight, you see a game spreads out more over five subs, if you ask me. There's more periods in a game when there's five subs because obviously there's more changes. You know yourself, a sub changes games and stuff like that. And I think that's where it's coming from. And I cannot for the life of me understand how any Premier League manager cannot put the welfare of their players first and say, yeah, do you know what? Player A, player B and player C are absolutely running on empty. It would be great to stick, if, be able to make one extra sub uh, near the end of a game and, and bring a fella on. Just give him 15 minutes rest. That, it's, it's all about player welfare for me. It's not It's not which the is, advantage thing is secondary. Which is what he's done in the Champions League. Because in the Champions League, he's actually been able to do like pre-agreed subs. So like with our centre-back situation, we've literally had our only two fit centre-backs do 45 minutes each way. Mm-hmm. And then just saying to the kid... I hope I hope he does well because we yeah. had no other option. But I mean, let's face it. I think I remember watching the Premier League when it first started in '92 when we only had two subs, yeah. and, the, and you know, and when it went to three subs, it, it was the same argument. Oh, it'll make the bigger teams better. I mean, there is an element of that is how things go a little a, a little bit. And at first, Leeds were actually one of the best the bigger teams then. Um, you know, yeah, but, challenging but, that side. But that's not the reason for it. But when I looked at Klopp. I think they've said something like in the thirteen league games so far. I think in nine of them, he's used the full he's used the full subs because yeah. he's active. But every time he doesn't, now that that's that's just a, that's, it's a lazy argument that's being put. But the funny I, thing I, is, I like, I think my concern is once it's changed, mm. it's not reverting back next season. Oh well, well, it, well, no, that's, I, I, that's where I don't agree because I say I think it should be because of what how condensed this season is, and mm. and although. Gary Neville may say, well, it's the same number of games. The difference was when Gary Neville played back then, 56 minutes of the games were still three o'clock Saturday. Whereas now it is 5 a.m. It's 5 p.m. Friday to 8 p.m. Monday. Monday. And it's spread out. So when you used to go on but the, but the, but the, but the But the rounds of games are, 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 aren't starting again on Friday. They're starting then on Thursday. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's it, There's no stop. There's no... Like, this is mm. like... This is like watching an extended World Cup. You know where there's games every fucking day. This is what it's like. They're just watching the World Cup for nine months. That's what it's like. And and the funny thing is, like someone said there, only Liverpool don't get injuries. Absolutely. But if you watch Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's comments after they beat Everton at Goodison Park, he says, well, um, he's having a go about the, the whole TV stuff. Right? And he's saying, well, we, we only come back. I think it was Turkey they come back from. And he said, we come back on... Um, from Turkey on Wednesday morning or whatever it was, and we were, we're playing here now early on a Saturday, and he was making the exact same point Jurgen Klopp was about the five subs, about the 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 difference in games, and you, for me, you just can't continue to play them every two and three days and not give them any sort of, you know, a little a bit of carrot and stick. I suppose I think that's probably the best way to put it. But look, it's 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 another one that's going to ramble on yeah. now, and and you know, there's been another vote, and I'm sure I can see another vote coming um, early in January, and we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, somebody does say there um, the new rule Craig Lowe he says the new rule for two extra concussion subs is at least sensible yeah well that's yeah. that just makes perfect absolute perfect sense um, sorry we went off on a massive tangent there but that happens um, you know we are lucky we didn't end up talking about EastEnders or something because that can happen as well Um before we go on, of course, this is brought to you by Colossus Bets. Um, if you look in the description, you will see the links to the Colossus Bets website, plus the link to this week's live syndicate. We're trying to let you know what we've uh, predicted. But if you go on there, take a couple of minutes to sign up, follow um, LFC Day Trippers in there, join the syndicate. And if you do join the syndicate and you do sign up, let us know, because we're trying to get everybody together to make these selections every week. So it's not just me and a couple of lads. If there's 20 of us, we can all put the 20 predictions in and wherever's most popular comes out. And, you know, a kind of a... um 
I suppose a democracy of some sort, but it's, it's really fun. We're having great fun with it. I have to be honest. And um, you can bet a really small amount of money and just keeps an interest over the weekends football for you. And you're part of it. I suppose it's in to get a team to try, try win some money from Colossus bet. So, um, have a look at that game four. Um, my favourite team in the league, Arsenal, are away at um, Everton. And they're only my favourites because they're fucking mental. Um, <laughs> Harvey, um, you stay quiet for long enough. Um, a London I side. Listen to it. <laughs> uh, thanks. A London side um, going through an, an awful time, I would put it. But have they brought this on themselves, Harvey? Because I want your point of view on this. Have they brought them on themselves? Because it's my view that instead of going out and getting a manager of proper proper quality, i.e. Carlo Ancelotti, when they cut off. They went for a bit of a yes-man vanity project and it's coming back to bite them on the arse. Would you agree with that? I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. I, I draw a lot of similarities with Man, Man United. Uh, obviously, Solskjaer's doing a bit better than Arteta at the moment, but you do feel like there is a, a much lower ceiling on Solskjaer and Arteta in terms of how far they can take those teams. They got that initial bounce, which is why both of those managers came in. And Arteta obviously got a very good bounce winning the FA Cup uh, that last season. But in a way, that's kind of, uh, that, that may be a bit more of a, a downside, <laughs> downside than uh, everyone thought because now obviously they've got, they've got no choice but to stick with him. It's not like they can have him in a short term and then bring in a proper manager for this season. I think they were forced to stick with Arteta and back him. Uh, and to be fair, he hasn't had the experience at this level as uh, you know a first as as the coach of the side. He's obviously coached City as a, as an assistant uh, coach to, to Guardiola, but he's not had held the realms of a top club before, you know. And it's starting to show. I think there's obviously he's he's gone into this season trying to set the team up to be defensively sound, and he's and I think he has improved the side in that sense. Obviously, with the same players that under. Emery and Wenger were leaking goals left, right, and centre. He is starting to get to to reduce that 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 number. But at the other other end of the pitch, when Aubameyang starts, you know, when when his goals dry up, no one else seems to take uh, you know take the reins and shows how big a player he is uh, to that side. So I just think that Arteta he's he's hit a ceiling. I I believe, and I don't know if Arsenal will ever get back to where they want to be with Arteta in charge. Yeah, I, I, I just I'm I'm bemused by it. Like I, I, I had a I done a two hour show with Keith, uh, Lee Gunner on his channel a couple of weeks ago about Arteta, and this was before it even got worse. And um, we were just <laughs> genuinely by the end of it, we just couldn't even figure out how he had the job. The only reason we came about was they wanted someone to come in. I think as a bit of a vanity project, I think it's owners just stalling on what they see for the club and what way they want to push the club forward. And I think if a decent offer come in for Arsenal, they might just say, yeah, we're up, we're away, good luck. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Park Lane is telling us about all the sports players that got injured and we were told to just get on with it. But you shouldn't have been told to just get on with it. Like Liverpool have loads of players injured and are being told to get on with it. That's not the issue. And in fairness, Liverpool, a lot of Liverpool's players that have got injured have been injured by bad tackles, you know, um, even down to, uh, apparently, um, Joe Gomez at England training and um, your mate Harry Kane's being rumoured, by the way, <laughs> Park Lane, but we won't say any more about that. But it's 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 more player welfare and I just, well, we, we, we probably have a proper chat about it one night um, because I think this will come up again in, I think, within the next six weeks, but we'll have to wait and see. Joe, um, I want to talk to you about Everton because Everton started the season really, really well. Um, they go through a bit of a period then from probably game 5 or 6 to game 10, 11 and then they beat Chelsea at home and they go and win away at Leicester is this what, what we're looking at for Everton? 4 or 5 good, 4 or 5 indifferent 4 or 5 good again what way are you looking at this? 
Yeah, no, no, it's, it, it seems that way, doesn't it? I think obviously after the, the draw um, against uh, you guys, the uh, uh, obviously Richarlison was out of the side for three games and I don't think they've... They haven't won a game when he's when he's not around. I don't think for some mm. the time that he's been at the club or whatever it is that crazy start. Um, obviously, you know we we beat uh, we beat them as well. Um, but no, they seem to be on the on on the upward upward curve again. And, and look, Arsenal in oh at the minute are they really? I think there's there seems to be a lot more going on behind the scenes at Arsenal, even from a player perspective than, than we know about in public as of yet. You know, you, it was actually, um, someone tweeted out, um, about Xhaka talking about discipline and that in the Arsenal program. And then the same night he went and got himself sent off. <laughs> yeah. Put his hand around to Xhaka's the crack, isn't he? Um, and then Gabriel, they're only, well, the, the best defender they've got this season, he gets uh, a sending off as well. And then you've got Ozil tweeting after games when they're getting beat and all sorts. It just, it stinks at the minute. And I, I think a change is needed. But I mean, it's the worst start. I was listening to something earlier. It's the worst yeah. start to a season since 1974, yeah. which isn't great for a club of Arsenal's stature. Yeah. Um, and Everton will be licking the lips, I think. You know, it's nice to see Abamian get two in two now, obviously, one at the <laughs> end. It's it's a goal nonetheless, but yeah. um, he any, does he get points for that? The, the fancy <laughs> minus points, yeah. Ah, <laughs> is it? We still scored, you know. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because obviously in January they need some bodies in, don't they? They need some mm. bodies in, um, uh, and we'll see if I guess I don't know how long he gets after that. Do you know what I mean? If he gets these bodies in that he wants, if if Arteta is given the players that he wants, mm. um, how long does he get after that? But I can't see past an Everton win this weekend, if I'm being totally honest. Well, the, the funny thing is, the, the point that Lee Gunnar makes is that when you go through a squad of 25, I think about 12 of them are his signings. You know, they're actually his players, you know, and he's cu- and and then when you look at the ones that aren't, they're probably the players that are performing. You know, the kind of way it's mm. it's a mad one at Arsenal. Uh, Park Lane says, I'm having another go at Harry Kane. Surprise, surprise. I'm not. I was just having a joke. They were arguing that it was Harry Kane that injured Joe Gomez. It was going around the other night. Harry Kane is brilliant. Except for when he heads the ball. You know, when he heads the ball and it goes out of the box and he sees <laughs> that it's going to go to a Liverpool player and he jumps on the ground. That was amazing. I love that. Uh, joking. Park Lane, come on. It's, a, it's Friday night. We're having a laugh. Um, but, Chris... What way do you see this going? Because I think, oh, but like like Harvey says there, you have to kind of hang on to him. I don't know. I think if he loses this, I don't know. And But I think if they win it, you know, he gets a bit of respite and then you look at everything again and go, ah, it's the normal everything. But what, what way do you see this walking out? God. Um, I can't I wait mean, for this game. I can't. I, I, it's it's probably the best. It's going to be the best game on TV. Because with Arteta... Um, Oh, look, I don't think he's good enough. And I don't think he will be good enough. Um, but the problem with Arsenal is it's not the one thing we just go... Like at Everton, it was, for the last couple of years, they had the wrong manager. They now have the right manager. And you could see the benefit of having a very good manager. I don't think Arteta's good enough. But then I think if they got rid of Arteta and said he had brought in an Ancelotti, they have no hiding place to go, you know, why are you buying me this? You know, why did you buy Saliba? Who was apparently a really good young centre back, and then you and then you didn't load him out in time, so he sits in the reserves, and you're not going to play him because he wasn't good enough to go to the championship. So we might loan him out in January. I mean, that's crack. That's 
crackers organization. Um, but what the one thing I would say is the three red cards shows where he's weak. There is absolutely no discipline in that club. They're all, you know, they win a game, and you know, I've I, I see it, you know, with some of the Arsenal fan channels, but especially the Arsenal players, they win a game. Honestly, Champions League one. It's like, come on, you know, it's that mentality that's not right. In terms of Everton, um, they've done really well. They have, you know, and Everton's issue is something that's going to take time to fix, which is the squad's just not quite deep enough yet to go where they want to go, which is when they had that run of four or five games out, is once you lose a Rodriguez or you lose a Richarlison, you're back then to the Iwobis, the Delphs, the Sigurdsons, the guys they hated, guys that they did that probably aren't quite good enough yet. I mean, they're playing four four centre backs at, at in a back four because they haven't got enough cover at fullback. Look, that's that's just going to take that's just going to take time. Um, but look, when you get someone like an Angelotti, the one thing that's helping Everton now is they've got Angelotti. So even when they go through these these rough patches, the fans aren't up in arms. They're not going mad because they're going. We've got Angelotti. He'll get it right, and I've no doubt he will. Uh, the concern for Everton is I think Allen's out, and I think he's yeah. the key to that midfield. Yeah. So if Allen's out, the only, before they had Allen, it used to be Davis and Sigurdsson taking it in turns playing defensive yeah. mid, which, as you and me saw in the derby, it, it doesn't work. But that's just, that's not their game. That's not what they're you just get to o- You just get overran because what happens is if you play if you play Alan Diacori and um, Andre Gomez, Andre mm. Gomez before these two lads turned up was the man that they looked for to be to, to, to carry the midfield in a in a you know in a forward kind of thinking way. Whereas he was kind of freed up a bit when these two come in. Alan done all the dirty work, the Corey's box to box, and Andre Gomez could find pockets of space like he did at previous clubs to influence a game. When when these players go missing, it, it goes back on Andre Gomez to to be the, the, kind of the focal point of midfield and, and the man to supply everything to the front men. Um, and he just doesn't do it when it's all on top of him. And then when you bring in Sigurdsson or Davis, like it's just a massive drop off in midfield. Sigurdsson shouldn't be anywhere in midfield. He should be playing as a 10. And if he's not, he shouldn't be playing. The, mm. the point on fullback is interesting though, because you have got John Joe Kenny and they have a young, very highly rated left back. His name is going to own my head, but I know the lads on across the park podcast, uh, the Everton fans really like him and are surprised they haven't seen him. And I don't know, maybe it's just Ancelotti being Ancelotti going, doesn't trust the youth a little bit, and I'm just going to play those centre-halves, who've done okay. Um, Park Lane is back, he says Arteta is good enough, he's doing a fab job. That is literally, <laughs> that's literally what Liverpool fans are saying about Ali Gunnar Solskjaer for the last 18 months, so yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, but I just, I think, that I, I'm very unsure over this one, I have to say I'm very unsure over it. Um, but let's go with predictions. Joe, come on, hit me. 2-11. Okay. Harvey? Arsenal have got to win eventually, but I do think Everton will win this 2-1. 2-1. Chris? I've got a feeling that the last two big wins for Everton might take it out of them. So I think the loss of Allen is the big one for Everton. So I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. Oh, okay. So there's a mix there, and I like that because in our syndicate this week, we've gone with four results in this game because we genuinely aren't <laughs> sure. So we've gone with 3-1 Everton, 3-0 Everton, 1-1 draw, and 2-1 Arsenal. And I think most of them results were included in your predictions there. So I'm happy with that. The confidence has risen um, since uh, since you've given me them predictions. Uh, game five, our big game. Um, 
big game number five, and it's Manchester United versus Leeds United. This is uh, this is Joe's wet dream for the last sixteen years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Manchester United versus Leeds United in the Premier League. And listen, yeah. Joe, you never know in the return fixture you might have people in Ellen Road, so oh, you know you get that little bit of advantage. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I'm going to leave you to last because I like to leave you hanging when when it comes okay. to Leeds. You know how that works, okay. Harvey. Um, United, you know, United go two points within two points at the top of the table if they win the game in hand. That's the first thing. And Leeds, good win during the week. They were looking a bit stuttery, but that's a good win during the week against Newcastle. I think this is an intriguing one, Harvey. I really do. The, the styles of play is going to be, I think, brilliant to watch against each other. Really is. It's, it is very intriguing. I think, as you mentioned, you know, United. It's kind of hard to say because it's Man United. They haven't really gone under the radar with their results, but in a way, they've they've crept up the table um, and are very close to you know putting in a challenge. I, I don't think they're going to challenge for the league by by any means. I don't think they're consistent enough for that. But I think for a top four hunt for sure. But it, and the, I think it's set up really really nicely for the for this game. You know, we've waited so long to see it back, and as, as a neutral in this, I, I can't wait to watch it. Let, um, I'm sure the Leeds and United fans are actually buzzing for it as well. Um, and getting these two big results, you know, United, that, that result against Sheffield United and then Leeds smashing Newcastle. Both teams have set up, set this game up perfectly. Um, it would be really interesting to see how Leeds approach it because obviously we know how they like to play Bielsa ball and the way they press and, and go on the front foot, the energy in that side. And you'd compare that to Man United where they seem to have, especially at the back, quite a lack of communication, a lack of energy in comparison at the back. And then really it all, it all happens like that when they go forward on the counter-attack. Um, and that's arguably where we've seen Leeds being most vulnerable this season is on the counter, being defending on the counter-attack. Um, I think when, when Palace played Leeds, that was a good example. We managed to exploit them there quite quite well. So I think it's really finely poised. It could really go either way. And it's just going to be a case of who's going to be more clinical, you know, I don't know how if Bamford if he gets his shooting boots on, you never know. But I think it's uh, I think it would be really really close. Yeah, Cavill Sullivan says that's a big pitch to go pressing on. Um, yeah, I, I I just think that the the compare the, the way they both play and the way the way that this will face off, I think it'd be really really interesting. I think Leeds Leeds style won't suit United. United don't like being pressurized. They don't like being put in tight situations. And Chris, I'll ask you because this is something that's just come into my head, Jordan, today. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was accused of just putting players on the pitch in their positions and hoping for the best. Is it a case if he's copped on himself a little bit and said, right, we're not too good at the back. So what we do is we just sit back. We'll sit back a little bit. We'll sit off. We'll be a bit pragmatic, more pragmatic because we have got Bruno Fernandes, Martial, Rashford, Pogba when he, when he, when he feels like it, that we can hoard teams, you know. Has he has he latched onto something here where he just goes a little bit par- more pragmatic, hit them on the break, and we take that all day of the week? He's literally trying to do what Jose Mourinho is the, attempts to do. Pretty good, yeah. I mean, I think form wise, they're the form seed. I think in the last six games, they're top of the pops, and mm. I think in the last eight, they've just looked the third. So, yeah. you know, although it's not stylish, I mean, I, although he has made them better, I, I know what you mean. They, they play more defensive, but he keeps going 2-0 down before they, they wake up. And I don't quite understand, especially away from home, it just seems to be the pattern. United go 1-0 down <coughs> and win it in the last 10. You know, that's that seems to be the pattern. The home form for them is the biggest worry because uh, I think it's their worst home form for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, my concern for Leeds is um, you're, I think, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, you've got a few issues at the back. Isn't Ailing having to play centre-back at the moment, which 
isn't his position. Oh, yeah. He's more of a, he, obviously right back. He's very good, but he isn't yeah. it? He isn't it? I don't believe he's a natural centre back. He'll correct me if I'm. No, no, he's not, mate. No, no. So that's where you know Rashford, Martial, you know Fernandez. I could see them get. I could see them getting goals. But you're right, Maguire, Lind, Lindelof. They won't like Bamford and Rodrigo, and um, oh, he's the wing Costa um, pressurising them because they don't like that. Uh, th- th- this game is going to be about who who comes on top out of Phillips and McTominay, the two holding mids. It's whoever has the better game out of them two. Uh, I think Phillips has the better passing range, but McTominay and Fernandes in these sort of games, when he's given a role of your job is to stop everything and then play it simple, he's brilliant at that. Uh, where McTominay struggles, uh, I find is when it's a game where the impetus on United to attack and the and you know, it's giving him the ball, and I think teams are almost like will like let him have the ball because he's not as good as Pomper or Van der Beek uh, when he plays that one game in seven um, at finding things. Uh, I will say one thing because um, I know he gets a lot of stick, and it's, it's quite an easy person to pick out. Pomper's gone, not even on the choir. He's done quite well since he's come back in the side. I know he's not popular for what he came out with just before a Champions League game from his agent. That wasn't the cleverest, but. West Ham, Southampton, you know, I think on the quiet, he's starting to find, he's starting to show glimpses of what we see for France, we see Juventus. The problem is, probably like our frustration with Nabucator, it's a flat, it's too many flashes and not enough consistency, but he does just seem to be hit, hit in probably a good purple patch. So I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a bit like the um, Spurs-Leicester game or Southampton City game. I think it's going to be like a high-scoring game. Um, I think anything could happen, really. So it's a game I'm looking forward to. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. It's a game I'm massively looking forward to because I think, you know, somebody says there, Barry Devaney, I think says, you know, they've only won one, one home league, league game this season. Is that right? I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, West Brom. West, West Brom, Brom, yeah. Um, and... Uh, the home form is a bit of a worry, and and when you look at the teams who've gone up, they've gone come from behind against West Ham, who are doing quite well in the league. Don't get me wrong, mm. and Southampton, who are doing quite well, but they're teams that you would expect United to beat um, mm. on paper. You know, all things being equal, uh, but I'm wondering will people start to copy United a little bit and go, well, we're just gonna, we're not going to come on to you then, you know, especially when you go to Old Trafford, they're expected to come on to teams, fans or no fans there, they're expected to come on to teams, and I I I just I look for Leeds to be in their faces. You might as well be. You might as well be in their faces and see exactly what you can get out of them. Because I think if United are okay if you sit back against them, they have got creative players. Fernandes and Pogba probably being the most, the two most creative. And for me, Leeds, I've, I've said to Joe, you know this, will they, will they temper their style a little bit? Will they do this? Will they do that? And you've gone, no, they won't. I think this is an argument this week to absolutely not change their style and actually back themselves and go with it. But we'll, um, Joe, you're not going to like our predictions on, on our syndicate this week, but I'll, I'll let you know that before, before you start. But what, what, what happens for you here? Um, I, I'm, look, I am, I am nervous. I'm not going to lie because I think for me, Oli doesn't really have a plan. And I think what he does, like it's been mentioned before, um, he's great on the counter. You know, I don't think... It, when when he has to take the impetus in games and come up with a plan in order to break down a low block, he hasn't got a clue. But when teams come on to him, 
it's pretty easy, isn't it? Just get them on the counter. You've got Rashford, you've got Martial, you've got Greenwood, do you know? Um, uh, and that's what I'm worried about from a Man United perspective because I do think we'll, we'll go at them from minute one. Um, and we know, you know, as Harvey will tell you, Leicester fans will tell you, Leeds can be got at on the counter. That's why I look at that. Every time I watch that Spurs team play, I'm like, oh my God, I do, I, I'm dreading coming up against Sun, you know? And I see Man United in a similar sort of mould. Um, so I am I am worried from that perspective, but they're not great defensively. I think, you know, Bamford can can get the run on, on Maguire. I think his movement's been brilliant this season. He's he's really come on. I mean, I know he played at Palace for a bit as well. And I mean, he's he scored the most goals this season from open play. Nine goals he's got from open play the most. Um, you know, I, I know he's had... I think similar shots on target as like uh, Salah and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and it doesn't always convert to goals because he's not as clinical as some of us in the division. But, um, you know, we will get opportunities. Um, I do think, like you say, pressing up high, you've got Rafinha, Harrison, um, Rodrigo um, uh, and, and Paddy Bamford. And I, I think the key thing for me is, is KP's got to stop Bruno Fernandes. Um, and I think... There'll be no player on that pitch that will understand this game more than Calvin Phillips. Hmm. Um, he's a Leeds lad, born and bred. He's he's all his family's from Leeds. He's got a massive extended family within the area. They all know how much this game means. I'm not really sure that a lot of the Man United players will. Um, Liam Cooper, our captain, he's a Leeds United fan. You know they'll they'll get this game, and I think. <sighs> We we've look. It's been what seventeen years since we've played them in the Premier League. It's it's been far too long. Um, I'm proper excited for the game, but I'm also not blind to the threats that Manchester United pose on the counter. And I think it could be one of them games where you score four, we'll score five. You know, a bit like the Liverpool game. It could mm. it could run out like that. I genuinely believe it. And hopefully Leeds will be on the on the right end of it this time. Because um, I think I do think we will will create. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, but um, it's I'm just got you know fans out in the ground because then it, it gives it that extra edge, doesn't it? But um, yeah, yeah, I hope that's yeah. Because I, 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 I can I can see the nerves kicking in already. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can actually see. Do you know what? Like in the last thirty seconds, this game has just hit you, and I've watched it live. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing what's happened there uh, because you, you were going great, and then you went. Oh, fuck this game's actually happening now. It's actually back. You know, I've dreamt I've dreamt of this for years and oh bollocks. Um but look, I do you know what? Yeah, go back go back to United on the break. I think I don't think he trusts his midfield to get back when they get forward. Um I think teams expose them when it becomes a bit of a game of tennis or when United push on and you know do a, a, a decent player gets hold of it from the opposition and hits a good pass out of defence. I don't think he trusts Pogba, Matic, whoever else to get back. And I think that's why he's gone with a, a more defensive looking team, um, the way they set up. But he has the creativity going forward. They love running forward. I just don't think they look running, love running back because when people pick on Pogba, and he has been decent, don't get me wrong, as Chris said, but when they pick on him, it's always look at Pogba. Look where the ball is now and look where Pogba is. Look where Pogba is. Look where Pogba's not moving. Look how this fella's ran past Pogba. It just goes on and on and on. And I think that's what he might be, he might be, um, just trying to 
he's limiting the exposure. That's that's all he's doing. He's just limiting the exposure. And and listen, last week he wouldn't answer questions about Paul Pog because Paul Pog was being very bold, and his agent was as well. And this week he's telling you how Paul Pog loves Manchester, and he, you know it's the best thing since sliced bread. So, um, th- there's more to that than meets the eye, in my opinion. Lads, we need predictions. Um, Joe, go on and let you go first. I've been saying this all week. Three one leads. Nice one, Harvey. Uh, with Man United's home form, I'm going to go three two leads. Oh, jeez, definitely watching that. this. I'm definitely Thank watching you. this, Chris. I've got to say, don't do it, Chris. Three two Man United. <laughs> okay, I can tell you, Air Syndicate this week um, have gone for United three one or two nil. Um, they fancy United, but I think it's going to be. I think it's the game of the weekend. I genuinely yeah, I think do. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the game of the weekend. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, well, no, I'll take a 2 0 Daryl winner at Sellhorse Park, to be honest, and let you know, Leeds bash each other. It doesn't bother me. But um, no, I think it is the game of the weekend just just because of the history between the two clubs, the styles of play, um, what it means to both of them. I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be a cracker, absolute cracker. Uh, Park Lane thinks it'll definitely end nil nil after all that. Um, it very, it very much could do. We look like absolute fucking idiots here next week. Um, but look, last game of the weekend, we always leave Liverpool to last. We are Liverpool Channel, and it's um, Palace v Liverpool. Um, Joe, I'm going to let you go first on this because you yeah. are the um, you are the man that has nothing in this nothing in this game. So, what 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 are you looking at here? Do you know what I was um, I was listening to something earlier on, and uh, obviously, I'm, the thing is with Liverpool, every time they come up against or the there's a game in which I think or others think, oh, this might be the time they falter. They just blow teams away, you know, like they did with Leicester, like they, they won the Tottenham game, the, the Wolves result, for example. And then it was pointed out that actually the away form, and I, I think it's gone under the radar a little bit just because of these great performances where you're blowing these teams away that are sort of challenging you. And you, you've not been great away from home all season, which I find quite a surprise. I just wanted to get uh, an opinion from you guys as, as to what's been going on away from home, because I think you've Drawn against Fulham, not great. Drawn against Brighton, not great. Win the Champions League, City, fair enough. But then you've been beat by Villa, drew at Everton. So is there an issue there with the away form? And if so, what what is that, Gav? What's going on there? Well, look, Villa is an outlier. Like, it's just, oh, I yeah, was yeah. even laughing from the end of that. It was just one of those. Um, <laughs> When you look at when you look at Brighton, you know it's a very contentious penalty at the end. I'm not saying Liverpool were great that day, but it was the sort of performance that if you come away, and in my opinion, the correct decision is made about the penalty. You come away going didn't play well, but won, and that's the markings of of potential champions because it's said every season when stuff goes on like that. The Everton one for me was a joke. Um, Pickford yeah, shouldn't be on the pitch. Um, Richarlison rightly gets sent off, but it's right at the end. Everton get two good goals, don't get me wrong. Liverpool get two good goals. And then Liverpool denied it at the end with this VAR offside, which everyone says it's offside. But I don't think you should have got that far. I think Liverpool were by far the better team on the day. I think there was just so much going on in that game. There was so much pantomime around it. Um, And, you know... You don't. Sometimes you overlook draws, but this one you're kind of making too much of it. When you actually look at the whole game, I think you can't really fault Liverpool. Um, the Man City one, Liverpool were good first half. City probably the better second half. In the second half, not much happened. To be fair, and you know, but it's it's just the season that's in it, Joe. 
and Liverpool are going through a stage where they're losing players and there's players going down with injuries, there's, there's COVID issues over Salah and stuff like that as well and others. And I just think it's one of those where you just have to take your licks a bit, Joe. Take your licks and, mm. and say, look, you're not going to... Because you're holding Liverpool to a standard that's quite ridiculous, to be honest, last season. It was ridiculous mm. what they done last season. Um, and, and I just think, you know... You're right in what you're saying. When it, when it comes to Liverpool, they usually put teams away. And I think, I think you'll see that again in, in the new year when, when players start getting back and, and Liverpool go into a bit of a rhythm. But overall, I'm not too concerned about the away form simply because of the, the situation surrounding those draws that you've mentioned. And the defeat is just one of those. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. Any more questions, Joe? No, well, Gav, as always, mate, I throw them at yep. you and you just like, yeah, you just blow me out of the water. Um, but I do fancy Palace just because of them draws. That's only because I called you. That's only because I said United would be Leeds. <laughs> no, I, I said this on mine earlier, right? I, I think it's going to be two all. I think it's okay. going to be two all. I've even wrote down my scorer. So it wasn't, I'm not like... That's what I thought prior to the game. One Zaha's one of them, you see that all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, two all, I think, mate. Okay. Uh, Park Lane says, jokes aside. Ah, look, we're joking again, Park Lane. Deadly. Um, <laughs> I fancy Palace to get a positive result. Liverpool could be fatigued from Wednesday. That's a very fair point because yeah. they are literally, you're probably looking close to that 11 again, you know, unless they're going to take a risk on Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, Naby Keita, that's only back. You know, Minamino, does he come in? Do you put another young centre half in somewhere? Does Nico Williams come in and get a game? Does, 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 when you look at the options, they're quite young, they're quite raw, there's a bit of inexperience, and then there's Divock Origi, that's just a fucking waste of time. But it's, it's, you could look to that 11, so that, that's a fair point with regards to the fatigue, and we'll know more at half 11 tomorrow morning, I suppose. Uh, I'm gonna let Harvey go last on this one. Um, Chris. What are you looking for tomorrow? Do you think um, we could look into the fatigue issue? Do you think he'll go similar to Wednesday? And what's, what, what, where do you think we can get at Palace? And where do you think Palace could have joy against us? That's a long question, isn't it? I know. Um, yeah. Take your time. <laughs> it takes time. I think we can, we'll probably make two changes. Um, the talk is Matip's back in training, so I think he sh- he, he'll go in because I think we will probably need him. Um, I don't think it's, it's Palace away is probably not a great game for a young centre back. Um, luckily for us, there's no crowd there, which to be honest is probably a bit of a godsend because uh, Palace, Palace's crowd is raucous and it's a great atmosphere, and that's what makes Palace away a tricky game. I mean, we haven't actually dropped points there since um, the days of Adam Bogdan when he decided to catch the ball inside the goal, which was hilarious. Yeah, he was great at that. Yeah, with Ricky Lambert up front, yeah, and Bering, and Bering I, I always, I always talk about this. The only recollections I have now of Adam Bogdan as a Liverpool player, not even the stuff Wofford away was another disaster. But it's literally him on Instagram sitting on some sort of balcony, looking out over Melwood eating fruit while the actual force team are training. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, brilliant. It's a brilliant life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He had, so, yeah. he had it made up. He had it made. He did. Yeah. That's mad, does it? Uh, and then I think Cater will come in because he was going to bring him on the last five, ten minutes of the Tottenham game. So mm-hmm. I think he must have been touch and go anyway. So he said he was, we've seen him in the training focus. I think Cater might come in for Jones. Um, not because Jones has played poorly, but I think you've got to manage young players in the right way because he, he's, he's got to get used to a workload of three games a week, three games a week. And I think for a young player, they're more likely to pull something. And also for Jones, 
he's quite a confident lad, and Klopp can easily sell it to him as we you can come in as my super sub. And the type of lad he is, he'd probably quite enjoy that that opportunity. So they're the only two changes I can see us making. Um I think the the, the way to get a palace is we've got to do the opposite we did the film. We've got to start quick. We were too slow. And I think what Klopp's gonna try and get to do is try and get it won in the first half. Which is unusual for a Palace away, but try and get it one in the first half because after Palace, we've got eight day an eight day break, whereby then uh, the talk after Palace Milner and Shakira should be back in training. Thiago is starting to do fitness training now, so with an eight day break, we, the squad could look very different after the Palace game. So, to me, I think we should try and, if we can, try and hit Palace early uh, through through Manny, who seems to have. I know he's not a great forward. Manny seems to do well against Palace. That seems to be a team he does quite well against. Uh, and then just try and and then spend and try and make the second half a bit of a dead a bit of a dead game. You know where both teams just just um, accept the results. But you know, sadly, I don't think it will be like that because um, the, I'm not too worried about Zaha. And I know I'll get clipped and I'll get abused for it. I'm actually Joe, more on that, Joe. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually more I'm worried about Eze. Every okay. time I see Eze brilliant. on the ball, I just think something's going to happen. He just looks at a brilliant, brilliant player. I know the stats probably don't show he's got enough goals and assists yet, but he just looks like a player that makes things happen. And because where he's playing now, it's allowing Zaha to go through the middle more. And yeah. he's actually taking the burden off Zaha, which why Zaha this year looks the player he was a couple of years ago. So I think it'd be it's going to be an horrible, horrible game if if you're not a neutral to this. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I always enjoy okay. that game. So Joe has two two. Uh, Chris, what are you going with? A nervy three one to Liverpool. A, a nervy three one. Okay. Yeah, two, okay. Be two, uh, two one for ages, and I think we might just nick one right at the end. You know, those, you know, those ones where you like praying and praying for the full time whistle. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Yeah, okay. Um, Harvey, uh, Chris has told us there what he thinks Liverpool should do, but does fear the likes of Eze. I'd add Saha to that, absolutely, without a shadow of a deal. Um, but what are you looking for from this game tomorrow? Do you, where where do you where do you look to get at Liverpool as, from your point of view, and where are you worried about Liverpool? Well, uh, I think there's loads of places where, where you'd be loads of points in the Liverpool team that you'd be worried about, and I think. Off the back of last season, of course, the way that we've already mentioned and you guys have mentioned about Liverpool just grinding out results when it matters. Uh, we, they never seem to drop points in, whenever they're under pressure or something. I remember last season, obviously, we got an equaliser in Sellers Park against Liverpool and put you under some pressure. So, oh, I missed a big chance. And then you got the other end. I think it was Firmino who won the game yeah. uh, last season. But, you know, you always seem to get the result when it matters, even when you're under the cosh uh, on an away game. Uh and I think that the best way to get at Liverpool is by being clinical on the counter-attack, which is all we re- we really know, to be honest. Um, we mentioned, you guys mentioned Eze, uh, and I'll back up that point. And I just think he's been brilliant since we signed him in the summer. I think his maturity at such a young age in that position to just, you know, the way he, he just glides across the pitch on the ball and really hasn't, uh, not, it's not so much an arrogance, but confidence in possession and allows 
a build-up to to occur, which we haven't really had a ball playing, but a person to bring the ball and to start moves. We haven't had that last, didn't have that last season at least, and we haven't had it for a long time. And it's flashbacks of like Balassi Zahar uh, in the you know when they we got promoted and when uh, obviously Zahar came back to Palace for that for that season with Balassi there. I mean, I mean, I see. Uh, See us getting you down the, the flanks. It, I think that is our best chance down the flanks. Obviously, Robertson uh, and uh, Alexander Arnold were bombing forward up and down. I think we got to try and target those areas on, on a quick turnover. Um, and whether or not we can do that successfully is, I still remains to be seen because we are an aging squad. Um, we've seen already this season. MacArthur's not got ninety minutes in him, and he's a player that's really crucial to how we play. The way he he presses in the midfield and breaks teams down. He he's been subbed at seventy minutes uh, quite a f- number of weeks now. So I think he's getting to that age where he can't last the ninety minutes doing his role in the team. Milivojevic, as as good as is a leader and as, as as a man to break down teams as well, he has no pace going forward and he's very reckless as well. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how we deal with Liverpool in the second half because uh, I think the legs will start to to tell and I think that Liverpool will pick us off towards the end of the game. I'd expect that anyway. But getting at Liverpool down the flanks is probably our best bet. And it's a shame in the way that Benteke is suspended for this game because I think the way he's uh, the way he's been playing in recent weeks, it'd been really interesting to see how he would have uh, uh, you know battled against uh, your centre backs uh, tomorrow. But I think there's a, there's a chance there for us to get something, but it's it's very unlikely. It, it should be it should be really interesting to see how it's set up, how we set up, how Liverpool set up. And just to finish off on that point, I think that the first goal is so massive in this game. Um, last season proved that. I think we. We only lost one game um, when we went ahead, uh, 1-0 uh, last season. I think it was 12, 13 games we went 1-0 up and we only lost one. And, and flip on the flip side, where we go 1-0 down uh, last season, uh, we lost most of the games where we go behind. It's, it's so crucial the way we play and the way Roy likes to set us up to be solid and to, to grind out a game from 1-0 up. So first goal is massive, but I think Liverpool should, let's be real, Liverpool should be winning this. Uh, and I feel like we could get leggy. Uh, is my probably best analysis. Okay, so what what score are you giving us? Two on Liverpool, I think. I, I'd back us to score, but I, I, I feel like Liverpool, they, they, you should be winning this. <laughs> okay. The way I look at it is, I, I agree with Chris to start fast, but uh, not even to start fast, it's, 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 it's putting your presence on the game very quickly. You know, I I get I get where Harvey's coming from with regards to get Liverpool down the flanks, but when Liverpool are at their best, they they impose themselves on you. And even if you try to get out down the flanks, the likes of Henderson and Wijnaldum snap that up. They snap it, snap, snap, and they just win it back. And usually the pass they're playing is back to the fullback, who is literally the furthest man forward for Liverpool. Mm. So what they try to do is they try pen you in, and even when you try to get out, they're not looking for. Oh, let's expose the fullback because he's high up the pitch. They're literally putting the emphasis on the centre midfielders to play as an auxiliary fullback by cleaning up that sort of issue and turning and playing again. Um, I like Eze a lot. A lot of people on Air Channel, um, spoke about him before the season started. I am really highly rated. So yeah, I think he's an absolute threat. Zaha is most definitely a threat. When Zaha is on his day, I think he's brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. He has pace, power. He's decent in the air. He can finish. He has everything. Absolutely everything Wilfred Zaha has. The only thing that holds him back, I think, is inconsistency to a level. But I don't know if he backs himself enough. Because I feel if Zaha backed himself enough, he wouldn't be at Crystal Palace. And that's no... That's nothing against Crystal Palace. But I think if he actually backed himself, he would be playing for definitely a top six side, if not a top four side. Um, 
with this one, I, I know you said to me that uh, Cahill might be out as well. Um, I put Sacco, Sacco was injured as well. So I don't know what you're going to do at the back. <laughs> I think Mane is key in this. I think Mane is absolutely key in this because if Mane plays the way he can play, I think Klein could be in trouble. And usually when Klein is in trouble and Mane is playing well, your right centre half is in trouble as well because he gets dragged and then all sorts of space opens up and then Firmino starts to exploit. And of course, Salah is going to be sniffing around everywhere. But I get the, I do get the point about Liverpool. A bit, a, bit, a bit leggy as well. I'm being honest, Harvey. But Liverpool have <laughs> Liverpool have seven days off after this. I think so. It might be just one big, as someone said in the chat, it might be absolutely one big push, and then give them a couple of days off, and we go again. I can see a fairly fairly strong side from from Liverpool, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go three one Liverpool. Um, I think I, I wouldn't back against Zaha scoring, but I think. I think at the crucial moments, I think Liverpool would just have that little bit too much. Because of what Harvey said about after 70 minutes on and the players that you're missing as well, I think I think when Liverpool can deal with theirs a bit better than Palace might be able to deal with their missing players. So I'm going to go 3-1. I could be completely wrong and I have been most weeks, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm going to go with that. The early game, of course, is, is something that um, could could come into the consideration as well. Um, the, only, the only thing with the early game, Gav, at least it's the same for both sides this time. As in, like I think Palace didn't Palace play Wednesday as well. Yeah, West Ham. So, yeah. so they've both kind of had. In fairness, I think both Liverpool and Palace have both had three games, six days. So they've yeah, probably got equal so. levels of equal levels of fatigue. I'm just curious yeah. for Harv, Harvey, who who are you going to play up front if you haven't got Benteke? Is it going to be AU or would it be uh, Batshuayi? Well, I'd love Batshuayi to play up front because I still think he hasn't hit the ground running since we got him back in on loan. But after his last loan spell at the club, he was a fan favourite for sure. And mm-hmm. I think his movement is better than any striker we've had since getting promoted. Just his movement off the ball. You could see him making runs that if we had a more intelligent uh, player behind him, he'd be getting he'd be on the score sheet plenty of times already this season. Uh, we just don't have that quality behind him, I think, to spot some of these runs that he's making. But... Um, I'd, I'd honestly think Roy will put Ayu in there. He's, he's brought Ayu on for Benteke the last couple of games and he's left Batshuayi on the bench. I'm not sure what the reason is behind that. I think he likes Ayu's energy up front. He likes to press Ayu and uh, yeah. he puts in a real shift, I think, more so than Batshuayi would. I think Batshuayi is a little bit um, more reserved and won't press as much as Ayu does. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if Ayu plays, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in ahead of, uh, ahead of Batshuayi for this. Mm-hmm. Michael Ramsey with a super chat Michael is my favourite person on this channel he says no LFC fan have the right to celebrate the Spurs win you all slander Bobby just as the rival 7-2 the Palace send us okay. the, do us a favour send us the clip where we, where we, where we did that'd be great <laughs> That's yeah, it. yeah can you now oh, yeah. well, sorry my bad um, Zaha Harry Kane and one Patrick Bamford right okay cool uh, Chris uh, Salah, Danny Ings, Callum Wilson. Okay, Harvey. I'm going to go Son, uh, Richarlison, and I'm going to back Zahar as well. Okay, I am going to go with Dominic Calvert Lewin. I'm going to go Bruno Fernandez. Joe oh, just thinks I'm picking on him now. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Olivier Giroud Ooh. against West Ham, Chelsea v West Ham. So that's it. Um, just to let you know that we've done all our games in our in our in our syndicate. Bar one, they always throw a championship one at us, and I don't know anything about the championship. So what I done was I picked five results in this one: uh, Stoke v Blackburn. Um, 
or 2-1 to Blackburn. So there's just every result. If, if they, one of them don't come out in that game, I'm, forget it. Forget it. I'll have to have a word in Colossus' bets ears because I've picked them all, lads. I've picked them all, all of them. Um, I just can't do any more than that. Uh, it's been an absolute cracking show. Uh, Chris, thanks a million for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, everyone, mate. Uh, just one quick one. Uh, hopefully the uh, the women win on uh, Sunday to go top. Fingers oh, crossed. yes. Liverpool women are flying at the moment. Uh, who are you playing Sunday? Durham was second, so uh, we'll oh, overtake them if we beat them. If we beat Good them. Stuff. So fingers crossed. Good. Home or away? Away. Away. Okay, so crunch tie there in the women's in the women's game. Um, Harvey, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It won't be the last time, I hope. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been great. Good stuff. And Joe, I'm sorry. All right. But look, that's the syndicate choice. There's nothing I can do about it. Okay. But listen, I'm glad. I hope Leeds win. Well, if Leeds win, it means you'll come back on next Friday. If they get battered, you'll have to make some sort of excuse. Anyone who's watching, Leeds were playing last last Friday. Um, I'm glad I didn't come on straight on after that game either because we were terrible against West Ham. Mm. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, but yeah, I've got a new spring in my step now, mate. Now we scored five goals midweek. Well, there it. you go. Can't get rid of them. Can't get rid of them. Uh, no, absolute pleasure, Joe, as always. That has been the Friday forecast. Just before I go, the hashtag down the side of the screen and in the show descriptions. Um, if you're watching this later or you're listening to it as an audio download, is the hashtag Keen Strong. I have told people about this numerous occasions. Everything is in the description. Go in there, click the link. It will tell you everything you need to know. It is a GoFundMe page that we are backing until it reaches its target. Uh, the response has been amazing. Um, I think we've nearly, we've, I think we've raised about $2,000 since we started this last week and um, people have donated. It's absolutely brilliant. There is a big, big thing coming um, regarding this. Big. Um, it, it involves people that are friends of ours from other podcasts um, helping us out with this and when it lands you're going to want to be involved that's all I'm going to say to you it will take a couple of weeks to get to get going but in the meantime if you can donate absolutely go and donate if you can't that's absolutely fine but go to the link in the description <laughs> copy it share it do all them sort of things and if you share it I'm happy if you donate I'm delighted but trust me um, what we're planning to do to try to raise money for this um, is absolutely brilliant and keep your eye out for that that has been the Friday forecast thanks a million to everybody for joining us in the chat it's been an absolute pleasure and um, we'll talk to you over the weekend over now at Acuity Insurance we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them like the breaking ground on new construction things the every box and barcode matters things and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Sports Social Podcast Network.